And welcome to the Twins Wrap, brought to you by Jefferson Lines here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. I'm Derek Hansen. He's the TV voice of the Minnesota Twins, Dick Bramer. And Dick, my father always said, you can't give up any extra outs. They don't need 28. 27's enough. And boy, <laughs> that was really the case today, too. That error, we'll, we'll talk about that for a long time. Yeah, and it, uh, ironically, I guess, uh, Jorge Polanco, as a shortstop, committed two errors all year long. And he picked a terrible time to commit one, certainly in the ninth inning in a tie ball game. And and you can point at that, Derek, and you can also point at the fact that uh, we saw all year long, for whatever reason, this team uh, was unable to hit left-handed pitching, and that that really hurt them uh, in today's game as well. Yeah, the later part, leaving people on base, uh, that old LOB uh, acronym, that's been a, a costly thing, certainly in key times at, at different times of this season. Well, yeah, and they loaded the bases against Grinky in the first inning and didn't get anything out of it. But you know, Zach Grinky's a pretty clever guy. He's done that to a lot of people. So to me, that wasn't really where they lost the game. It was when they went to the left-handed reliever Valdez, and he didn't give up a hit until the ninth inning. And uh, you know, we we expected that regardless of who the Twins were going to play uh, in the playoffs. We figured that uh, there would be a lot of left-handed pitching either starting the game or uh, out of the bullpen and the twins uh, you know ran into a you know that familiar brick wall again as soon as the lefty came into the game yeah there's no question it's one of those things too where it gets so frustrating because as a twins fan you know, it almost seemed like they get a little tight. And maybe they're hearing the press clippings about 16 playoff losses in a row and whatever. Now they break the record today with 17. I don't care what they say. I mean, it, it, it's got to get to you eventually mentally. Well, uh, there is that. But, you know, there they were with a chance to take the lead in the bottom half of the inning. And maybe that's these days the biggest, you know, advantage you have with the home field advantage is you hold the other guys off the scoreboard you've got a chance to take the lead in any of the middle or late innings. They didn't do that. And I took note, as I'm sure a lot of other Twins fans did, that with Valdez still out there, uh, finally some right-handed batters uh, got line drive base hits to the opposite field. And then, of course, right after that on the next pitch, Ostadio tried to pull a pitch and that ended the ball game. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. It's a best of three. Uh, but a very frustrating loss in game one. Was that a surprise move for you that he was the pinch hitter there? I, I, that kind of, and because he is, he's, I mean, let's face it, he's a free swinger, right? Uh, he's that, That's what he wants to do. Yeah, what surprised me was a uh, pinch hitting for Ryan Jeffers. Mitch Garver went up there and pitch hit in the middle innings uh, and then never swung the bat and struck out. But more surprising to me was they didn't leave him in to catch. And I don't know whether there's an issue with, with uh, Mitch catching, but they went right away to Avila behind the plate. And I, f- I found that really odd because, uh, you know, well, look at the situation that are, you know presented itself in the ninth inning. Uh, Avila, a left-handed batter, wasn't going to be, you know, having much success against Valdez, I wouldn't think. But, you know, if Garver was there in that last spot, uh, who knows? Maybe he would have run into one. We'd still be playing. But, uh, I just found that odd and, and, and potentially troublesome that for whatever reason, uh, they decided to pinch hit Mitch Garver, but then did not put him behind the plate. Yeah, I mean, you got to wonder about injury and that. Speaking of injuries, it was not good news to hear that Josh Donaldson wasn't able to go. I thought he'd rest over the weekend and be ready to go today. That is really troublesome. 
Well, it's a soft tissue thing, the calf thing again, and and I, I you know, it, it probably would have been too much for Twin Sands to get both Buxton and Donaldson back in the lineup. And then I thought, well, okay, if it's one or the other, I hope it's Byron, you know, because we played a long time, uh, and Marwin's done okay over at third base. We've done okay without Josh. Uh, and so the Twins did get Buxton back, and sure enough, he got a base hit and stole a base right away. But, uh, you know, this this – this uh, frustration all year long against left-handed pitching um, it was would have been nice, I guess, to think that, okay, in the playoffs it'll be different, but it sure wasn't today. i got to go on a rant. I'm sorry, Dick, but, and I talk about this and I hint at it, but the pace of this game was slow. And I've always said the reason that these games are going long, there's a lot of different reasons, but I think the biggest thing is if you have a if you have an ump who's going to have a tight strike zone, and this is for both the Astros and Twins. This is not me bellyaching as a Twins fan because I thought Grinky got squeezed early on too. If you're going to call it that tight and people are going to take walks, it's going to be a long day at the office. And I just I think that really hurts the game. Well, you watch the game on TV. I was actually one of the lucky ones who went to the ballpark, and I was sitting up the first baseline. So I, I really, I, I couldn't tell how tight the strike zone was. Uh, but uh, you know, it, you know, Kenta Maeda is pretty good in throwing strikes, and he walked a few. Yes, Grinky walked a few. Uh, so something was going on, and then ultimately, you know, uh, you lose the game in the ninth inning. Uh, it was it was unfortunate that the Twins lost, but it was also unfortunate that their game started. At one o'clock in the White Sox game, uh, last time I checked, they they caught up with us already in the late innings, and they started an hour later. Yeah, it was it was a long, long game, that is for sure. But uh, it just I I don't even know what to say about it. It, it. it just that that is one of the more frustrating things for me. It seems to happen time and time again. That is for sure. Let me ask you a little bit about uh, it, coming up tomorrow. A lot of questions about Jose Barrios or whatever, but. Even without the uh, fans there, he's really good. I mean, I, I, at Target Field. And if there's any silver lining there, is he's pretty good. Michael Pineda has been there and done that. Yeah, there, there's still uh, plenty of hope for Twins fans to uh, play a better ball game, get some more timely hits. The one run they got was on a two-out double by Nelson Cruz to the opposite field. Uh, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, this team, the Twins team, has not lost back-to-back games at Target Field all year long. And we know it's a new season uh, in the postseason, but uh, you know there's there's still plenty of hope and optimism left for Twins fans. They just need to make sure they, if they're going to commit an error, don't do it with you know with a chance to you know wrap up the top of the ninth inning. I guess I'll kind of wrap things up here because we'll, and we'll preview it again in a little bit. But Kirilov coming in and being on the playoff roster that was out of nowhere. How about that? If he makes his debut in the playoffs, what a story that'll be! I don't think I've heard of that before. Yeah, I was kind of curious whether Kirilov, Larnick, or Lewis might be added in this best of three uh, series. You know, you really don't need 14 pitchers. So the Twins decided to go with an extra position player. And if it had been maybe Ryan Presley uh, trying to close it out for the Astros in the ninth inning, uh, I wouldn't have been at all surprised to see Kirilov uh, get his first big league at bat uh, in the ninth inning. Uh, of a playoff game. Uh, they think very highly of this young man and uh, expect he's going to be a star for the Twins for a long time. It didn't happen in game one, but it might happen in game two. How concerned are you about the bullpen? We talked about the starting pitching, what's set up in front of us, but you know, let's face it, Romo and uh, Rogers just aren't what they were at the end of 2019. And Duffy today in the yeah. ball game gave up three straight two-out hits. Uh, lost in the loss, if you will, was, I thought, a really good play 
by uh, both uh, Byron Buxton and Marwin Gonzalez. When they got the third out of the inning there, Buxton looked at home and threw to third, and Gonzalez ran up to meet the throw and get the tag on the runner as quickly as he could in the event he could tag the runner before the run scored. It didn't happen. The Astros tied the game and, of course, won in the ninth inning, but uh, that was a really good play by those guys. And so we'll see, you know, you know how this all plays out here. The Twins, again, have a chance to even the series at a game apiece tomorrow. It's a noon start, and uh, uh, we'll hope that the Twins uh, can get maybe a, a, an early lead again, but a bigger early lead that might hold up uh, through nine innings. I guess we shouldn't be surprised as fans. We always want to look at what's going on, but we've got to keep in mind, this is a team that's been you know, seeing the postseason and actually the World Series a lot the last two years. There's something to be said about that experience for the Houston Astros. Well, and you saw it in the ninth inning. You know, Michael Brantley stood in there against Steel Bar and broke the game open with, you know, a big base hit, having a two strikes on him. And, you know, you look at the... Uh, uh, you know, Altuve has been there, you know, so too Springer, uh, Correa. They do have guys that have had a lot of experience in key at-bats. And for the most part, the Twins pitching staff handled all that pretty well, just not uh, because of the error, the three unearned runs in the ninth inning. Well, hopefully they can get right the ship tomorrow and uh, we can get back and say one-on-one and get back to action on Thursday and hopefully break this night of not winning a playoff series. Heck, winning a playoff game. So hopefully it happens tomorrow and we'll talk again, not to wrap up the season, but talk about the American League Division Series next Tuesday. That sounds good, Derek. Again, that's Dick Bramer, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins, with the Twins Wrap here on the Mighty 790 KFGO, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Again, the game tomorrow is going to be on 740 The Fan. Uh, we'll have that game over on our sister station, 740 The Fan. 11 o'clock is the pregame show. And then uh, we'll kind of see where it goes on Thursday. kind of depends upon the time. If it's late afternoon, we'll have it here on KFGO. If it's an early game like it is tomorrow, we'll probably have it on The Fan just to, for programming purposes. If there is a Game 3, hopefully there's a Game 3. Again, Jose Barrios going tomorrow for the Minnesota Twins. We'll take your phone calls on it, 237-5948-1-800-880-5346. You can text message us, 35270. We'll have Joel Heitkamp along with Amy Eiler, Tyler Axis, Eric Johnson, his producer, J.J. Gordon. We're going to have a debate roundtable starting just a little bit after the uh, bottom of the hour news update from uh, CBS. And then uh, we'll go all the way up to the debate tonight at 8 o'clock, covered by CBS News here on KFGO. And uh, it's President Trump against former Vice President Joe Biden. And we'll see how that all plays out. We'll preview it. We'll have it for you live Derek Hansen with you. This is the Mighty 790 KFGO.